0: Hi there and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Club. We are here to make Australian sports clubs places we can be proud of. I'm Ben Hook. Joining me in this project is Sam Elliott. He is Flinders University's award-winning researcher and senior lecturer in sport, health and physical activity. He'll be along with me shortly, along with our special guest. That's Craig Scott. He's the president of the Goodwood Saints Football Club. Goody Saints is renowned as the absolute gold standard in community sports clubs around Australia. And Craig will give us a lot of his insight into how maybe your club could just lift the bar for itself and improve its own ambitions in regards to its what it wants to achieve inside and outside The sporting field. In the meantime, I always come up with a club of the day. I'm actually going to give two clubs of the day today because it was a bit of a joint venture between the Woodville South and the Mawson Lakes Cricket Clubs. We talk about inclusion. I think there was a really good example between these two clubs in a game that was played uh, back in March in the LO3 competition of the Adelaide Turf Cricket Association. I know that the surname Singh is very, very common in Indian culture. In fact, it's almost like a a, a community name, if you like. But I think one thing that cricket has struggled with here in South Australia in particular, Uh, historically is a lack of capacity to encourage people from other cultures who are cricketing background cultures, but not necessarily the English culture, if you like, into our own sports clubs. Well, congratulations to Woody South and Mawson Lakes. They played this LO3 game uh, back in March, as I said. There were seven members of the Woodville South team that had the surname Singh and three members of the Mawson Lakes team that had the surname Singh. And That's a really good example of the way that South Australian cricket clubs in particular, but sporting clubs in general, should be encouraging those from, I guess, minority communities uh, into the heartland of community clubs here in South Australia. So congratulations to Woody South and Mawson Lakes our club of the day right Craig Scott about to join us from the Goody Saints Football Club to talk about what it is that Goodwood Saints does well and how you can do it well as well back shortly first of all a message from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation their good sports program and their own club of the year
1: Umani United Soccer Club is a family orientated club We have teams ranging from under fives right through to Women's Premier League All-Age and Men's 45s. We aim to provide a safe and organised environment. Being part of the Good Sports program shows that we care about our members' safety and wellbeing. We've seen a significant increase in our players and members, specifically with the women's and girls players. Being part of the Good Sports Program allows us to model their values, allowing us to create a welcoming, safe, responsible environment. Uniting United Soccer Club brings a sense of belonging. It's always a happy and healthy place to be.
0: Craig Scott, welcome to be on the club.
2: Thanks, Ben. Craig, Thanks, now, normally
0: we get straight into the episode, but I've got something special for you. You know Craig is the president of the Goodwood Saints Football Club, Sam. Uh, Craig I know from very, very many, many years ago to the point that I went and had a look at Craig Scott's A-grade <laughs> cricket figures. You are one of the few people in South Australian cricket who has a batting average at A-grade level in excess of 50. <laughs> Can you believe that? You averaged over 50 with the bat. Your highest score was 53. Mm, geez. Um do you remember who you were batting with that day? Yes, I
2: certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> one, one Ben Hook and I. We're it's not at, a bad story, is it? Uh, look, it's a great story. We had many a chat about how we were going to make a partnership and we were playing B-grade We were at playing lower grade Yeah, together, that's we? right. And in fact, well, I reckon we played D grade together.
0: We did, because you were I was a young kid. Correct. <laughs> and you had a shoulder injury. You're a bowler, had a shoulder yep. injury, and came to the D's and played as a batter. Yeah. And we always had this idea that we were going to put on a hundred partnership yep. together that we thought was lost <laughs> until this one year when you came up and played some A-grade? Yeah. Yeah.
2: A, a three. <laughs> <laughs> All three. It's pretty pre, pretty easy when you remember every game you played. Do you remember who we were playing? I do. Uh, Sturt. Yeah. And uh, Flipper was uh, fielding in Silly Cover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, the spin bowler was bowling and I cracked one right into his back <laughs> cheekbone. And uh, he moved out because he, he was a neighbour uh, in Cumberland Avenue. And so I knew Flipper very really well, and uh, he said a few choice <laughs> words and said, right, I'm out of here, and that was a good day. They beat <laughs> us, though.
0: Yeah, I think we. I think it was second innings, yeah. we put that uh, 100 partnership yeah, on. We, but we'll forever have it.
2: Great. D- exactly right. No-one can take that That's away from us.
0: <laughs> Memories for life. Goody Saints Football Club, uh, uh, Sam has put the notes here, the gold standard in how a club should be run. Um, there's so much to talk about with you. Firstly, what is it about Goodwood that, You've been able to raise the bar to the point that other clubs look up to you now.
2: Uh, look, it really goes to the volunteers mm. because you can have every idea under the sun about what you want to do at a football club, but you can't do it unless you had the volunteers who do the actual work. Sure. So it's and and that comes to culture then. That if you start to change your culture and start to Uh, recruit people with like-minded ideas onto your management committee then you can start to actually look outside of just football and how you can promote the club and how you can make it a a better place for the people who play there. So there's probably a lot of people who are listening in and going it's all
0: about your volunteers well that's great we have trouble getting volunteers Mm. what have you done that has been able to create such a wonderful pool of volunteers. We were talking off air, you said you give people a fairly narrow focus. Just explain a bit about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, I suppose, uh, and I I speak to a lot of clubs, and particularly football clubs, but there are a lot of clubs that I speak to, and they all say that I've got to go out Saturday and mark the Oval, Um, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, And, and I hear it thinking... That needs to be shared. Mm. Now, of course, the person will say, but I can't find anybody. Mm. And I think traditionally what we do is we send out a note via email or Facebook to say, we're looking for this person. And that traditionally just doesn't work. Yeah. You've got to target someone. I tap like and then forget about it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And that does. It goes in the back or someone might say, yeah, hey, I could do that. And then that's the end of it.
0: Or I tag a few other people. Yeah. And forget <laughs> about it myself. You'd be good at this.
2: <laughs> um but when someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder and says, we need someone and I think you've got the ability to do it, that makes it very hard for people to say no. Okay. Especially if you're the person who's heavily involved. And so and, and so the example is in the football department, we had um, – Daniel Norton is our football director. He looks at all football within the club, and that's from juniors, inclusive women's and men's. Uh, uh, Andrew Forrest is the senior football director. Cecilia Moretti is the female football director, and Andrew Braley is the junior football director. And Christian Till from Alcohol and Drug Foundation is the operations manager. Friend of the program. Correct. So he looks after who's going to be the runner, team manager, scoreboard attendant, Match day official, anything to run the actual Saturday, Sundays, he looks after that area. And so, therefore, everyone has a lot smaller role. Um, They will all say that they're extremely busy, and I I see what they do, and I wonder how we would ever do it just with one football director. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, amazing. Sam? I'm... Really excited to have you on here, Craig, because some of the feedback from our listeners is that they they love the research, but do you know what they love as well? They love hearing real stories from the clubs at the grassroots. So that's why I'm really excited. I'm searching for some real moments today. So I'm hoping that um, we can sort of dig a little bit in, and get there. My sense is that listeners are going to be saying, we're not Goodwood. We're in a low SES area. We don't have the resources. We have a very different demographic. If you were to leave Goodwood, and come to Ben and my yes. uh, Bedford Park Bullfrogs. The Bullfrogs. I've heard okay. about the Bullfrogs. Yeah, we, we're going all right. We've recruited well. Um, <laughs> if you're coming to a club that's on their knees, let's, let's push the reset button because of COVID. What's the first thing you're doing as a president to get this club back going? Uh, and, and I guess on a pathway to being something akin to, uh, you know, a, a club of the future. Look, I
2: suppose the first thing I would look at is their Auskick program. Because you've got to start somewhere. And I feel that if you've got a very good odds kick program, then you start to progress your teams all the way through. So some some clubs try and get an under fourteen side together and that, that means there's nothing coming from behind. Mm. So really work on your odds kick. So it's bottom it's a ground it's up approach. Correct. And just whatever you've got. Try and assist them to get through to the next stage, but the Oz Kick is key.
1: So let's just unpack that a little bit. If you're going to start at ground zero, build it, you know, and they will come. What are some of the characteristics of a really good Oz Kick program? I think every club would be hearing, yeah, we've got the intro program. What makes a really good intro program? Uh, small lines, uh, fun, lots of
2: volunteers. So, so at Goodwood Saints, we have 120 kids playing Oz Kick. It's massive, but we set it up in eight stations. So every five minutes, the kids move from handballing to kicking goals to kicking to picking the ball up and so on. So we get under 17.5 boys and girls come out to help run the program. So at each station, you'll have two helpers. And they, they don't actually hold the bags. They don't do anything to do with the, the station other than help the kids with how to kick how to hold the ball, all their skills development. And so the parents have to be involved. And right from the word go, there is a culture of you can't drop your kids off and go, you've actually got to be involved in it. And we've just seen that progress all the way through the grades where the parents help at the canteen, the barbecue. It's just a culture of that's what you do at the club, you help.
1: So what is it that Goodwood does from ground zero, Ozkick? What is it that you do really well to get parents on board how do you onboard families from the start of the sporting journey so at the very first night it is explained to the parents that you have
2: to be involved you have to hold the bags you've got to be out on the oval making sure the kids are in the right positions and we we stress that this is not a father role, this is a parent role. So we want mums out there as well because we've got so many girls now playing football that we want it, want the kids to see. It doesn't have to be the dad out there. It could be any person out there. And when the mum's out there, it is fantastic. And uh, they're holding the little bag and seeing the, the kids come up and bump. And sometimes we have got some mums there that are great and they fall over <laughs> and get back up. And the kids laugh and to see the kids really just enjoying this night and is, is establishing fantastic. a relationship with their parents as definitely.
0: well yeah outside of the parent child traditional relationship they're actually almost teammates in a way
2: definitely and it's a great role model so yep. that that's the key you know is 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 getting that parent involvement and and when you've got 120 kids you have to have it very
1: very well organized so what about the clubs that have families that are shift workers They have families that have had third generation poverty. Yep. What do you say to these clubs that they're they're hearing this and I'm loving what I'm hearing in this conversation, Craig, and you're saying we've just got to engage them at the start. How do you do it when some parents, for whatever reason, are unable to do the things that you really need them to do?
2: Yep. So, And there may be, and you're 100% right with it may just be a mum or a dad, but I can guarantee there's a grandparent or there's a friend's brother or sister or there's someone. And so it, it's about encouraging in that lead-up promotion and on that first night that we must have parent involvement or, or carer involvement with these children so they can see what's happening. Because I've seen some Kick where it's one person running it for 30 kids and it just doesn't run as smoothly as when you've got little teams running around and doing different things. So, yeah, and, and it's all well and good to say that for goodies, but it's about our bullfrogs Mm. and it's about parents who do want to drop the kids off and come back an hour later. And so it's getting that culture of, no, you can't do that. This is what we need you and part of this. We're trying to build our club and we're going to do it from this area here. So your kids are going to be involved in this club all the way from under sevens or Auskick right the way to hopefully senior footy.
1: What's the biggest challenge? Because... If clubs think this is the starting point, let's invest time, energy, resources just to build it from Auskick. Okay, let's try and really do our best to engage parents for the journey from day one. What's the biggest challenge in trying to get this off the ground?
2: Uh, look, I, I suppose it is the volunteers and, and there are you need to have someone who takes on the role as the Auskick coordinator. And there's your first challenge of trying to find that person who's going to do eight to 10 weeks and look traditionally they go for an hour but you've got to set it up and you've got to pack it up so let's say we're talking about a two hour commitment every week for eight weeks so you've got to find that person once you've found that person then you've got to get the helpers to help that person so yeah we'll have parents that will will probably not know exactly what to do but you then need some other helpers so a really good idea and this is a great idea for for clubs is contacting the local school so so Year 11, year 12 students have to do a certain amount of hours of community service okay. and we have, we've lined up with Concordia College and Concordia College send us eight to ten kids who are a part of their Vanuatu outreach program and a part of that program is to come and help out at our Ozkick, and we sign off their forms and they have community service and because their mates are there it just works so well they wear their Concordia Vanuatu tops so the parents know why they're there and they're doing some community stuff and our players also get their hours
1: signed off by helping out with the Ozkick. I love that Hookie there's two examples that come to mind we're at Flinders University we've got lots of physical education students yep. sports students exercise science students. Uh, and many of which complete hours, as Craig is describing, and probably um, looking for an opportunity like that. Absolutely, and some of them are you know are completing you know hundred plus hours at South Adelaide, and because they love the experience, they feel involved, they feel like they belong. They often exceed the hours they need to do because they love being part of it. And so mm. if you create a really rewarding, a uh, fulfilling experience, something that does upskill. Uh, I think there's tremendous upside to that. I'm also thinking of when I grew up in Mount Gambia, some of the local high schools that are around the local football clubs, the netball clubs in those regions, I think there's great opportunities with engaging those schools because there are indeed opportunities for young people to complete curricula related time. Mm.
0: Mm. Fascinating stuff. I played at Goodwood Saints Football Club. It was a long time ago. We had an inclusive team. I think it was called Div12 or something yep. like that. You might remember it at the yep. time. And that was a contribution that Goodwood made to the greater community. But you, as a club, have really stepped that up. So women's football is a priority. You're very strong in your focus on Indigenous heritage. The inclusive program, I believe, has grown quite significantly as well. These are all things that are aspirational for other clubs, and it's why you're sort of put up on that pedestal. Why have those programs made you a better club overall? What, what 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 have you got out of them? So you've invested in them, but I'm sure there's been some benefits that you've got back, as an ins- and I guess this is an incentive for other clubs to consider it.
2: Yeah, I suppose. Well, let's talk about the inclusive. So the sure. inclusive started in 92. A lady by the name of Mari Little from Saz Rapid approached the club and said, this is our proposal. We, we think you'd be a good club for it to start with. And so I went to a whole heap of meetings with them, and we started the inclusive side. So this is their 30th anniversary this year,
1: Brilliant. and I think we're the only
2: side that's been in it the whole time—30 years straight. Yeah, people yeah. wouldn't be
1: aware of that. I mean, that is a long history mm. and commitment. It's not just—it's not just grandstanding. Like this mm. is a club that has actually spent a lot of time on this. I'm—I wasn't even aware of that. 30 years. What? What a fantastic achievement.
2: I went through some. So the 30th anniversary. So I went through some uh, video, and I've got. Video from 93, and two of the players still playing are in that video. That right? So that is, Can't that is, I got to try I was, and I was playing in 93. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I guarantee you I'm not playing in 2022.
2: <laughs> so the thing with the inclusive is, and it can be like women's football, is, uh, oh, I, I tell you, it's a really good example is the Indigenous. uh Yeah, we wear a jumper for the Indigenous and we get a tick in the box. Yep. We definitely hmm. decided that. W- with was something more than that, and we really wanted to pay homage to our First Nations people. So one of our ex-players, his sister, designed the jumper. It's got a really good story behind it. It's a, a yellow circle in the middle of the chest that has footprints coming either side, coming into. That's the community, and it really resonated so well with our club. So there's a bit of history of why we've got the jumper and who designed it. We've had Tanya Hosh come in and speak to the players on the Thursday night prior to the game. We had Paul Vandenberg come and speak to the players. And Paul's conversation obviously resonated with the players because he talked about connections and he talked about conversations. And then three players came up after him and said, we want to do more. So we're trying to tee up a outreach program to Port Lincoln. To do some community work out there um, every year we we're ready to go COVID's killed us so <laughs> hopefully March next year we'll go there so then that's that next step we've got a scholarship with Concordia College for an Indigenous student from Port Lincoln to come to the school and we pay for their clothing and books and that sort of stuff so it was that next step of just not wearing a jumper but actually doing something about it and educating the players mm. So with the Inclusive League, they played on a Sunday at 11 o'clock. Not many people there. Really, to be honest, it wasn't inclusive. And then we decided, why don't we play them after the A grade on a Saturday? So at 4.45, you've still got everyone there. And then after the game, oh, then the players line up. And, you know, clubs like St Peter's, I emailed them to say, you will have Salisbury inclusive side playing after you. Would you mind lining up? and all the, all the St. <laughs> Peter's guys line up wow. for a club that they don't know no relationship with, and them high-five at. them as they come out. Mm-hmm. Now, that's transcends just normal footy. That, to me, I mean, I, I love that
1: stuff. It's symbolic, isn't and it? And that's
2: what I get out of it. And then afterwards, they come up in the club rooms, and we have all our awards for their women, inclusive men. There they are all sitting together, having a bit of a chat, All the players know them. They train on a Thursday night prior to the A grade. So the A grade guys come out a bit earlier and work with them. And We had Shane Tuck working with them really closely. They suck you in. I'm telling you that they have a massive amount to do with our culture because they're just so giving. And we've got one player that comes from Gawler who comes out Thursday nights of training, Friday night helps out with odds kick and Saturdays to play. So they're, they're the benefits you get out of a club is it, it really goes towards your culture.
1: You mentioned earlier about having a board of like-minded people. I hear that, and as a researcher, I'd be thinking, well, what you're saying is that they share a common why, a common purpose, a common sense of existence. What happens if when you're in clubs and you are not on a board, on a committee of like-minded people?
2: Yeah, it, like our constitution, you could go to the AGM and I could say, hey, Hookie, you should uh, you should go on the uh, management committee. And Hookie goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, all right. And then uh, because Hookie's a popular bloke, everyone goes, yeah, I'd vote for Hookie. He's suddenly on the management committee. And he may go, this Indigenous stuff, it's yeah, a waste a of time. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't i don't know why we've got women's footy. I've never liked women's footy. Yep. Get rid of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's just, can we just get back to playing footy? because that person has no idea of the bigger picture and doesn't realise the benefits of what you can do by having breakthrough mental health rounds, by having mental health training for your players, alcohol and drug training and so on and so on. So you've got to be very, very careful. So as a result of, um, of having that situation, we changed our constitution. So you've got to nominate two weeks prior. Um, I'm very careful of of going out and speaking to people. I target people that I think would be good for our manager committee. Our manager committee was all male and so it needed to reflect our community and our football community. So we spoke to a couple of mums who were, one was a media person, another person was really good in HR and so we targeted those people. And then they came on and now out of our nine-member board, eight are junior parents. Hmm. So there is no one can accuse us of being A-grade focused. You know, we are club focused because eight of the members all have children playing junior footy at the club.
1: I find that so impressive on, hmm. on so many levels. There is a – as the nerd in the room, there is some research that tells <laughs> us, Craig, clubs – Seemingly struggle you with didn't, navigating. You didn't need to introduce yourself. <laughs> that point, right? Most people have worked that out. <laughs> if they like haven't, that's if you're, a given if fact. If you're first, listener. Well, I'll, I'll try my best to to keep this really simple. The research shows that clubs can often struggle with navigating their on-field commitment, success, com- competition, with their off-field responsibilities, which are more of the social and cultural practices that you've described: mental health, diversity, violence prevention programs, all of the let's say education of young people. How do you navigate that?
2: So I have Cheryl Ross, who is a retired principal, and she is the training coordinator. So she organises all the training that we have. So all those organisations you've just said, her role is to contact Headspace, contact Sammy D, uh, work out who the coaches are, what teams we're going to do. So our aim is from under-14s to under-17.5s, you will have... A kids taught first aid training, you will have mental health, you'll have drugs and alcohol, headspace, and we have the Grown With Gratitude sports program. So it takes a lot to organise that. But now we've got one
1: person who just does that. Do you find a Cheryl or does Cheryl come to you? Is she a self-starter or have you had to find her and offer her the opportunity to volunteer in this really important role?
2: Cheryl put her hand up when we wanted a working with children's check person. So she does that. And then we put something out, in relation to a training coordinator and Cheryl put her hand up. So, which I, I must say, it doesn't normally happen that way. Doing the, you know, when you want someone and someone puts her hand up, it doesn't happen. But Cheryl, because I knew she was a principal, I thought that she would probably take on this role and uh, and she did. So again, that takes it away from someone else having to put all that in together. But But the thing is, you've got to find those people. This is what we're talking about with the bullfrogs is they may only have five people in the club helping out. Now, they can't do all that. There's no way they can do that. But what they can do is, uh, let's say they've got under-16s, they can say, let's just get Headspace to come out and speak to our kids and Sammy D. That's all we'll do. Mm. And that's two nights we can get the team in together, we'll put some pizzas on, and any club can do that. No issues whatsoever. What that does then is the a parent of that child says how good's this they're actually going to give my child some education about being in a football club which is alcohol is prevalent, prevalent in yeah. football clubs mm. and so it's about responsibility and then that person says oh, i love what this club's doing look you know i've, I've got a little bit of time i'm going to help out with the bullfrogs mm.
1: So it's more than sport. I mean, what you're saying here is that it, it's no longer a football club. It, it's a community. And it's a community where sport is the vehicle for much more than just sport. I love it in the pre-season when uh,
2: other clubs say to me, oh, who's your recruit? And I literally have no idea. <laughs> I just leave it up to Daniel Norton yeah. and Andrew Forrest and Cecilia. That's their role. I don't get involved in the football side of stuff. I watch them and I take a great interest but I don't have any involvement with the football side of things. My job is to make sure that the other part of the club is making sure that people feel comfortable, feel safe, and feel they want to help out at the club.
1: That's where the bullfrogs are going wrong, Hookie. We've been spending too much money on marquee players. On,
2: on big-name recruits, exactly
0: right. Skaz, when were you first president of Goodwood Saints? I think it was late 80s, I reckon. And... You had a period of time off and then came back on. Is that kind of how it rolled? Yeah.
2: So I've I've obviously always been at the club, um, but was president for, I reckon, five years. A bloke by the name of Colin Nelson, a bit of a legend at the club. Mm. The the grandstand is named after him. Uh, Tiny is his nickname. He took over for a year when I did some study for police to get my uh, senior Connie. Came back again as president. And then step down. I'm a big believer, a bit like with our football coaches, you can't coach for more than four years at the club. Once you've coached your four years, you then either help out on the support side or you go back and start at an earlier age. Why is that? Um, Because most coaches, if not all coaches, are a parent. And one, you don't want to have your dad or mum coach the whole way through. And two, you've got to get new people in, new ideas. And football changes. Like when Hookie and I played, it was cones, uh, it was circle work. Now it's all about match day and that's what the juniors do. Yeah.
0: So I just, coming back to that point, first president in 1988, still president in 2022. Yeah, there was a big gap in there. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So, and we're talking about evolving other clubs. I mean, to what extent have you evolved your appreciation of your own club and even the appreciation of your own role?
2: Yeah, completely different president from in the 90s you know I remember some of our meetings going till 12 30 1 o'clock in the morning uh, who was going to cook the barbie you know do we get chicken sausages do we get beef sausages you know all that sort of stuff yeah and I and it's it's experience so I've done a bachelor of management been in the police force 41 years you learn as you go and so when I got the opportunity was given to me a couple of players spoke to me and said look we'd like you to come back on as president it was a really good opportunity to go okay well the footy side's very successful there's no doubt Goodwood is a great successful club but what can we do more and how can we make it a place that can look at some social issues and also uh, make a difference and so every year something new comes up and you go rightio let's tackle that and at the moment we're we're looking at net zero Right, yep. yeah. So we, we're talking to Jasper Pittard from the AFL Climate Change Association and we're looking at being one of the first clubs to go net zero. We're talking to Craig Scott. He's the president of the Goodwood Saints Football Club. It is
0: undoubtedly one of the most successful community clubs in Australia. Craig's been good enough to invest his time in trying to help you make your club better. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear a message from the Sammy D Foundation. On the other side, Craig Scott, to give us some real practical examples of what you can put in place with your club right now to raise your bar as well. Back shortly. Hey, it's Rachel from the Sammy D Foundation. I think we can all agree that sporting clubs want to improve their club's culture and to provide an amazing environment for everyone involved. Our national award-winning Monkey See, Monkey Do program does just that, by addressing the actions that are likely to be holding you back. We give you the knowledge and strategies to reduce on and off field violence, address inappropriate sideline behaviour, Retain players, members and volunteers and develop positive role models within your club. To find out how your club can benefit from participating in the Monkey See, Monkey Do program, call us on 8374 1678 or find us at sammydfoundation.org.au. You're listening to Beyond the Club. You're with Sam Elliott and Ben Hook. Our special guest is Craig Scott. He's the president of the Goodwood Saints Football Club. Craig, each and every week on this episode, we develop what's what we've called a fast four. And these are four simple, bite-sized, practical points that people who are listening in can take away and actively utilise within their own club or their own community structure. So I don't know to what extent we've schooled you up on this, but we'd just love... If you were, as we said, coming in to invest yourself in the Bedford Park Bullfrogs, what are four things that you would practically do to coordinate your volunteers and get your club
2: heading in the right direction? All right. So I think one of the first things I would do as a club is work out what within the club is a passion of people there. Okay. Um, we had the lace-up for Lim Day, which uh, all the players wore pink, Shoelaces. Yes. So Simon Brooks's mother passed away of breast cancer. Right. And so it was a passion of the club that we wanted to do something for Breast Cancer um, Network Australia. So was Simon Brooks's mum involved in the club? No, no. Right. They, they came from Broken Hill. Right. But Simon was a you know, big part in of the table. club. Yep. So when he was in pain, everyone got around him gotcha. and tried to support him. Love it. So it may be breakthrough mental health. It may be. Uh, breast cancer, it, it could there'll be something within the club that the club can say, we want to do something more than just footy. And that's an organic thing. It can't just be the president deciding. Correct. It's, it's a communal decision. Correct. And you would find in most associations, they will have some sort of round. Yep. So it may be, and to be honest, I think at the moment, mental health is such an issue. And so it's been an issue for Goodwood Saints, hasn't it? Without a doubt. We had three players commit suicide and it was the catalyst of us doing that next step for our mental health support of the players. So pick pick something that you're passionate about and then say, Well, what can we do? And we can raise some money and and here's the other argument. You'll have someone who say, Why are we raising money for this when we should be raising money for our club to get more footballs and jumpers and whatever? Again, they're not getting the bigger picture because you may suddenly have a sponsor who says, I love what your club's doing. I want to sponsor this round for you. And all of a sudden, they provide footies and jumpers and the money you raise goes to the charity, but you haven't lost anything. Yeah. In fact, you've probably gained something. Yep. So that's one thing, I, I think, because that helps your culture as well.
1: It's that instant versus delayed gratification. The instant answer is put that money that you've raised into the juniors for immediate return Yeah. versus the delayed, the long-term vision gratification, which is if we do this right we will reap the reward for this for a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah, and develop those corporate relationships that could well be ongoing. Definitely. So, beautiful. Point number one, uh, find your club passion. Allow that to be organic, but something that the club as a whole is going to want to get behind and make the most of it. Brilliant, love that. You talked about job descriptions uh, with your volunteers. So, managing volunteers, I'm sure, is a really complicated matter and it's more nuanced than just, give me the 10-word answer. But... Mm. You talked about job descriptions. What do you mean by, I
2: guess, delineating that? Yeah, okay. So every role that there is at the club, there should be a job description. And that goes to basically someone who's doing the barbecue. And someone would say, oh, why do you need a job description for the person who does the barbecue? Because the person from the barbecue may get COVID. And all of a sudden, you've got to get someone else to do it. And they say, well, I don't know what to do.
0: Because
2: mm. cooking a barbecue is not just cooking a barbecue. Yeah. It's going to the village baker to get your bread. It's where you set up. It's what you do with the oil afterwards and so on and so on. What happens when the gas runs out? (laughs) Correct. So uh, it it needs, everything needs a job description. And and people will go, oh yeah, great, great idea. Who's going to do all that? You would be amazed at how many job descriptions within the football club is on websites. AFL. Adelaide Footy League, they have all these job descriptions. And you know what? It may just be as simple as emailing the CEO of the association, uh, can you give me some job description? They will send you them all. And they're all templates and you just add your logo, you give it to the person who does the role and say, Is this what you do? (laughs) And they say, well, I don't do that. I don't do that. But i tell you what, I do this. And all of a sudden, you've got your job description. Mm. So when that person says, look, I can't do it anymore, and when you're looking for someone new, you can give them the job description. Here it is. And this is what your role entails. Can you follow these instructions? And then they go, yeah, you know what? I can do that. not that hard.
1: Correct. What a great solution there for clubs that are always saying, but we don't have any handover procedure. And suddenly the... The volunteer barbecue person is is away for six months. What are we going to do? Shut um, down the barbie. So yeah. simple, such a great idea, and one that, as you said, can be actionable today. Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, brilliant. You talked about an exchange of ideas as well. Just to give us some examples of exchanging ideas, perhaps even between clubs.
2: Okay, so at the beginning of every year, I email all the presidents and football directors of all the Division One clubs, Right. and say that uh, update your details because people change. So within a couple of weeks we have all the presidents, mobiles, emails, footage directors mobile emails. I give that to our football department so they know who to contact if there's something we need to know. And we invite them up at every home game at half time and we have drinks, nibbles. Sure. And you know what? We talk about how they get the canteen to work, how they get the kitchen to work, how they get players to play pay their subs. <laughs> and yeah, we're all in the same boat. And and it's a concept of pinching ideas from each other. And every now and again, someone will say something, and you go, great idea. Yeah. That's really good. So that communication of between your clubs and also between your league about someone's got a new idea. As I said, I will not share, because I probably don't know, who our new players are, where they're playing, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm more than happy to share any document that we have or that we are looking for. Because it is about sharing your knowledge. Um, It is about sharing the opportunity to build the organisation. And our organisation is sport. And if more people are playing sport, that is good for health and that is good for mental health.
0: So if I can just elaborate on that briefly, Craig, you mentioned that you get in contact with all the Division 1 clubs. So someone who's not okay with the Adelaide Footy League, where you're a Division 1 team, but what, seven divisions and then there's some C-grade divisions as well and Correct. then juniors and so... Yep. You know, there's layers and layers and layers here. Maybe 67 clubs? 68 clubs, 68 yep. clubs. I yep. mean, it's quite amazing, isn't it? So culturally, what is it like? I mean, you're making the point, you're Goodwood Saints president. Any president rings you and says, oh, gee, I'd love some information on whether it's code of conduct or you know, whatever it is. You're happy to provide it. Is that culturally what it's like across the competition? You said you also develop great relationships with other Division One clubs. Do you find that that's, if you're is it Guy at St Peter's Footy Club? yeah guy, guy Roberts. Guy Roberts, there you are. Glad you remembered his name. Yep. You know, is Guy Roberts a similar sort of guy? Fantastic. Who, you know, a Division 4 club at Salisbury, for example, who says, geez, we're battling a bit in this area. Can you just give us some advice? Yep. No problem at all.
2: No no issues at all. And, and Salisbury's a really good example because... Um, They've had some challenges this year, haven't exactly, they? Exactly. And, and they have actually got a really good reputation as a very good club. Mm. So I... I I'm very confident I can ring any of the presidents and have a chat about anything, um, because we know them so well. Because they they come up and they socialise
1: and we we get to know them and
2: we sh- and and it's about sharing ideas. Mm. Brilliant.
1: My favourite saying in a lot of the literature, um, what what Craig's talking about here, is to share your power to grow your power. You will become mm-hmm. more powerful. You become more. Quite deadly, as a figuratively speaking, you know, like as an organisation, as a club, you become more agile, more responsive, you become more innovative through the sharing of knowledge, and I think that's really key. I think a lot of clubs, Craig, maybe not in football specifically, you'd have more insight than me, but there'd be a lot of community clubs that don't like to share too much. It's Mm. it's their recipe for success. Absolutely. What we're hearing is that the way forward is to break down those barriers and to share those ideas, because that is how your club will move forward, you know, at a rapid pace. Yeah, really great point.
0: Education program, just talk about that and how you
2: would get that ball rolling. Uh, Start small, Mm. without a doubt, because if if you try and do too much, you end up burning out uh, your volunteers and then you'll never get them back and trying to find someone new. Uh, So start small and and just depending on how many teams you have, uh, the bigger the club, the harder it is. So we've got 21 clubs, uh, 21 teams, teams at Goody Saints, and so 16 juniors. So if you're going to do something for one, do you do it for all of them? <laughs> and you just you, it's impossible. So you just got to work out well, what can we do. And so at the Bullfrogs, it would be how many teams have we got, and let's do this this year for this team. And then we'll expand that next year, work on how it went, and anything you do you've always got to get back with everyone and work out well, what do we do well and what areas of improvement and then slowly expand it and and you will see there is no doubt about that you will see more volunteers getting involved and you will see sponsors suddenly coming along saying I'm loving what you're doing mm. this is a club I want to be involved in and we have the Gubbi Community Bank has given us $5,000 for our mental health program the Gubbi Community Bank would never give us $5,000 to pay our players. Of course not. Or to to do something to do with football specifically. But they can see that our early assistance program is something they want to be involved in mm. because you know we started that because of the three players who committed suicide and so now we're offering professional five free professional sessions for players who are suffering from some sort type of issue. Yeah. Now that's that next step. So we've done the training which is great. But now when a player says, I'm not okay, we can actually do something for them. Just before
0: we wrap up, we were talking about, you were talking about strategic planning off air. Uh, Strategic planning is not something that you can just pick up by, I don't know, a five minute read of a book and suddenly you're an expert on strategic planning. But you were sort of stressing the importance of it and planning a couple of things out. If you're a club that's perhaps not particularly well resourced, what's your recommendation on establishing some sort of plan and how would you go about that and to what extent would you be investing some finite club resources in it?
2: Okay, so again, let's do the bullfrogs because I think it's a really good scenario. I love the way, yeah. Without a doubt. We have no plan at the bullfrogs. No, (laughs) we're planless. And so the first is, is getting a strategic plan. So there's some plans from the SNFL that have a template, but there'd be templates everywhere. But again, you could be a netball club. Yeah. You can be a hockey club. There's nothing stopping you going to the SANFL on their website to get their strategic plan. So you get the template. And it's a very simple template. And you just basically go through where we are at the moment. What things are we looking at for our vision? Have we got a vision statement? Have we got a mission statement? Which I'm not a massive fan of because if you ask any of our players, none of them would know our vision and mission. Yeah. Okay, but it's important for our board to know and and are we achieving that? And then you get everyone together on a Sunday, put some food on. If you, again, you will have someone within the bullfrogs who might be able to run that for you. Get them in and just say, I need you for two hours. We're just going to work out where we are, where we're going
1: and where we want to be. What do you think, Sam? I can't wait to get Craig to come to the Bullfrogs. I think we're going to be in very good hands.
0: (laughs) I feel sorry for Goodwood Saints when they lose their uh, esteemed president because he's uh, about to join Bedford But Craig, wonderful information. I mean, there'll be so many people listening in and just saying, yeah, you know what? That's something that we can do at our club. Maybe we're not going to become Goodwood Saints overnight, but if we can become something that Goodwood Saints reflects in our own organisation, they're all going to be better for it. Thanks so much for investing the time. We really appreciate it.
2: Uh, I've really enjoyed it. And this is, again, about giving back, you know, about sharing what you know, and uh, and I love it.
0: Craig Scott, our guest from Goodwood Saints on Beyond the Club. So that puts the polish on another episode of Beyond the Club. You can access the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes or by heading to our webpage, flinders.edu.au forward slash
1: shape. I'm Sam Elliott on Twitter.
0: I'm at benhook1 on Twitter. And it's just worth noting that Goodwood Saints Football Club, you can contact the Goody Saint boys and girls at goodwoodsaints.com.au and you can email Craig Scott president at goodwoodsaints.com.au our podcast Beyond the Club we're on Twitter Instagram LinkedIn Facebook find us on all of your socials thanks to the crew in the Flinders Good Vibe Factory our producer is Shana Knowles our music is by Ben Watson our artwork by Alicia Menzel thanks for your company on yet another episode of Beyond the Club